1: Hello and welcome to All Stats, Aren't We? A podcast in which Leeds fans cast their combined eye over goings-on at Ellen Road, giving scrutiny to the underlying statistics and tactical footings at work at Leeds United. I'm Tom Alderson, the Georgie Rutter, Dinks Pass of the podcast. Square it, Georgie! And I'm joined today by the Dan James Tight Angle Shot of the podcast. Finally, he didn't yeet it in,
2: it's Martin Riley. Martin, how are you? I am doing good, thank you very much, Tom. Um, I've not eaten yet, which is... As it's of for me now, but I'm not even sure what I'm going to be having. Maybe a pizza, um, maybe some chicken. I don't know yet, so we'll find that out. But I went to a wedding um, on Saturday, so yesterday, and so I didn't watch the game for its entirety live. I caught some of the second half live, but obviously I've done the full replay. But yeah, it was a good wedding. had had some drinks, did some dancing, and yeah. So yeah, how, how about you? How are you doing?
1: Yeah, I've I had a Chinese takeaway for tea because I, I am quite hungover after my day out in Blackburn yesterday. So, uh, but yeah, but I had a, it was a good day, good good win. I I had it's a long time since I've seen Lee's win away from home, so it was quite good.
2: I was like, so sometimes you do those, and you're like, what is the point? Why, why have I done this to myself? Hmm. No, it was good to to get that win, um, and especially because we can now finally put the curse. Just for anyone who can't see, as I am doing um, the. Quote, quote marks, the curse about the non-white away performance, and it can finally be put to bed. So I'm happy about that.
1: We still need to win in the away kit, but like well, let's let's cross cross each bridge when we get to it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, well, no, we did win did win in the away kit, didn't we?
1: It was the was it the away kit or was it the third kit we won it. The pink the third kit.
2: Ah, uh, well, well, yeah, but the the curse is well, the curse, curse. What well, I'm not, I don't agree with it. It's a curse, but it's a non-white away kit was the curse. Okay. So yeah, yeah. I'm just adding extra curses to
1: Leeds United, and we don't need to do that. <laughs> There's more than enough no, there already. Is. So yeah, we're here today to discuss the two 0 win at Blackburn on Saturday. Uh, the only news coming out of the game was the Byram injury. I haven't heard anything more about that. Martin, of you?
2: Uh, no, nothing else further, and not more we'll probably. Won't have anything until Fark does his press conference, which I would guess would be tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and it'll probably probably be a short one with the quick turnaround. So yeah, we'll find out tomorrow if, um, if and when he's next going to be available. Hopefully it'll be a small injury and not a reoccurrence of his bad injuries of the past. Yeah. But so, so we know, we lead, so it probably will be a reoccurrence of his bad injuries of the past. Yeah, just, just before the Christmas schedule. The rest of the season. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. 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 But no, uh, fingers crossed he is well and just doesn't miss too too many games. We need him to be fit, really.
1: Yeah, we, we are going to talk about Spence in the review section of the pod so we'll we won't cover that now um any other news I, don't, I guess we don't really have news these days it's just kind of injury news that we talk about Not no, really. nothing else exciting happens in the background or scary in the background
2: no nothing nothing else to report really i'll probably get more in this section when we're getting close to the january window yeah i would imagine yeah
1: let's get into reviewing blackburn then so i'll start as always with a game summary so, uh, both teams approached the game with a 4-2-3-1 shape. Both teams had spells of possessions through the first half. Blackburn mainly threatened through set-piece situations, with most of Leeds' best chances coming from winning the ball high up the field or attacking in transition. The goal was scored with a quick attack in the 27th minute, thanks to a, fa- thanks to a marauding run from Georgie, who played Dan James in at a tight angle, with the Welshman firing low and hard past Walstead. I hope I said that correctly. Neither team created any good chances for the rest of the half, and the half ended 1-0 to Leeds. In the start of the second half, Blackburn had more of the ball, and for the opening 28 minutes, Leeds didn't have a shot. However, Blackburn weren't able to make m- most of this spell of possession, with their efforts being low-value ones. Leeds then made the score 2-0 in the 75th minute, quickly getting the ball forward after winning the ball with Archer Gray, who ran forward with the ball before playing a... 1-2 with Georgie and then playing some of lane to finish with Walstead able to get a hand to it but not enough to stop Leeds from scoring. For what remained of the game there was one chance for Blackburn to score which was kept out by Melier and despite Blackburn's efforts the game ended 2-0 to Leeds. Let's start with the first question then. So Leeds kept a much needed clean sheet in this game Martin. Do you think Leeds defended well in this game?
2: I'd have to say, yeah. I I felt that we handled most of these situations quite well, especially when it got to around our box. I felt our box defending was quite good, and we did limit Blackburn to mainly set-piece chances throughout the game. Um, A lot of times when they were trying to get balls into the box, and we were generally able to clear it and put it out for a corner or further further out than that. And any other chances which they had inside our box was mainly embedded chances as well, which are also quite low-value chances. So we, we managed to limit them quite well to low-value chances throughout the game. I think they just had the one chance, which probably was a better chance than it should have been because the header from Sigurdsson quite late on was targeted quite well and he got a good angle on the header, which made Melier work for it. So, but that was the only real chance that had to score throughout the game, I felt. And I thought we did them well a lot in those areas well. Um, there were some things around around the opposition half which wasn't great, but we also did cause some problems at the same time. It's sometimes sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe sheet, <laughs> as the saying goes. Um, but yeah, I think largely we did well in this game out of possession, with a few exceptions. So, what you felt?
1: Yeah, it was. It was I kind of saw it uh, quite similar to the Borough game last week. I think Middlesbrough probably in the first half caused more issues. Uh, But in the second half, they had like quite, I guess we had more of the ball against Borough, whereas Blackburn actually did have the possession in the second half, where it felt like they had the ball, but they weren't doing anything. And I think in like watching the game live, you're always going to be a bit nervous about that. But watching it back, you're always like, actually, we weren't really worried by anything that Blackburn were doing. So, yeah, I was was impressed yesterday. I think it was our... what, one of our best defensive displays? I think got put up there with Leicester, and you, you could argue that there was like quite a lot of similarities with that game as well, uh, between Black, uh, the Blackburn game and the Leicester game. But would you would you say Martin that Blackburn could have done more with their possession, or is it? Would you just say that we
2: defended well when when they had the ball? I think they did quite well in some situations to get yeah, into the situations that they did. Um, I know um Young Archie Gray had a bit of trouble with um their left-sided winger after it? Or was it Moran who was on that side? I will just have a check. (laughs) But yeah, so whichever one of it was who was attacking him, he did have some trouble with him, especially in the first half. And he was able to create, or very nearly create, some good chances, um, especially in the first half. Um, But I think maybe it was more to do with our defending in a lot of situations. And it was Blackburn being wasteful because they didn't really weren't able to get by us and we made it difficult for them Especially with with a lot of things especially high up the pitch we in first half we did very well at turning the ball over in dangerous situations which did help us to create chances as well as stopping Blackburn from getting a foothold in, in moments so yeah the, I, I don't think it's probably leaning more towards us defending well but I think obviously if Blackburn had higher player, player quality like we do and maybe they would have been able to do more, and maybe what got us over in those situations.
1: It was Britain who played on the left, uh, just for, yeah, yeah. for reference. Um, yeah, I, I would kind of see it the same. I think when when they went direct Blackburn after they got into our half, or like when they were um, even from their own third, it was we were quite comfortable with the back backwards defending element of it. Which I d- I don't know. I've never really thought if it's something we're good at or not, but I think we did well in this game, and I think having Play player like Rodon definitely helps in that situation mm-hmm. but yeah they couldn't they couldn't get I felt like they, when they got into the final third they couldn't really get their players in the dangerous positions I was keeping a massive eye, um, eye on Sammy Schmodox after you and Dan talked about him in the preview and he was like moving around a lot trying to get the ball but like, we kind of didn't let him have the ball in dangerous areas so it was um, that was quite good to see I don't know if there was, there was like a game plan on him or not specifically because he was probably their biggest threat. Um, but yeah, I think we just let we were just quite happy. So sort of, we didn't like play into their hands. but We were quite happy to let them do what they were doing, and then just say like, "Well, look, you can go into these non-dangerous areas. That's fine." So yeah, I thought, thought overall it was
2: a good defensive display yesterday. Something agree with that. Um, and about Smodics, I don't think there was anything particular that we were doing. Um, there was no specific marking player who was assigned to him because he does move around so so much um, so I think that maybe just players would just be more aware of him when he was entering their areas and maybe they were talking internally about who would pick him up and where when he moved into different areas so I think it could just be a combined effort yeah. to keep him quiet and it is a challenge because he's a very talented player and I think there was one moment where he very nearly got on the end of a cross from, I think it was from Britain, the moments when, when Gray got ahead of him. Yeah. And he was very close again on the, on the end of the cross, thing about 15 minutes in. Yeah. Uh, so if if he would have been just, a, I think, a yard further forward, then he may well have put something away early on in the game, which could have changed the whole aspect of the game entirely. Yeah. If a goal would have happened at that point. But yeah, I think we did do largely a good job of only limiting him to that really that one moment and even then he wasn't able to get on the ball. And potentially if he was further forward he could have been offside. So I think we did a good job of playing the offside line and making sure that they weren't able to get yeah, into beyond it.
1: Let's talk about what Blackburn's out of possession approach then and how we did in possession. So Blackburn in this game, they employed a hybrid approach, with many of their many of leaders' players being man marked as a result. How effective do you think this was,
2: Martin? So very effective, actually. Yeah. Um. There, there was something of a hybrid press, um, something which um our good friend John Mackenzie talks quite a lot about. Oh yes. And I've <laughs> I've actually recently watched a video of John's on the hybrid pressing, and also an article which he wrote on it, which I would recommend everyone to read, so you can understand what ha- what a hybrid press is more. I'll just very crudely, in my own fashion, <laughs> say what it what it is. You basically have man-marking elements in the upper stage of the press. So when when you've got players in when the opposition are in the deeper their deeper areas, then you'll have man-marking going on f- across the pitch. But then as the op- opposition press the ball forward, mm-hmm. it sort of compresses into a z- zonal press, which means it does cause problems for teams who are expecting it. And it wasn't something which we highlighted in the preview as something which Blackburn have done. We saw them have a high press, but not really a man-marking high press. So it's a bit of a change-up from their manager, which was good, and it worked. It, it really limited the effectiveness which certain players had on the ball, which will come into those certain players later on. But there was sticking close to a lot of our players when they were dropping deep to try to aid in build-up in build up attacks, which really did stop us from being able to build-up attacks and get through the third slowly, as, as we do like to do. Um, but obviously... Something to stop us from packing in transition, yeah, <laughs> and that is something that we are equally as effective at, probably more so than our day possession. Is if you can pop one part of our game, fine, but well, you're going to have a gun your hand stop our other part of our game, yeah. It was de-
1: something that was definitely noticeable that if we were really struggling to get the ball out, um, in our third, but when when the ball we were in transition. It always felt like we had a threat to score. The the only time this was probably not the case was that start of that second half, where I think Blackburn did a really good job of like it was not a team trying trying to break on it was Leeds as a team weren't trying to break well were but they couldn't break on Blackburn. He just telling like his individuals and they were able to clear it up quite easily. So I I don't know. I think it's maybe maybe they after half time when I would have to see again if they went even more intense with that man to man aspects it may be, maybe because they just were more camped forward in the se- in that that period at the start of the second half where they had more players forward so they could just press even more intensely rather than just the odd individual um but yeah I've, I think it was a quite an interesting game tactically because of the way that blackburn approached it it was um, a really good watchback I thought
2: it was um very tactically tactically interesting a lot of things were going on which were keeping both teams from doing things that they like to do um and I think a lot of it in this game came down to individual player quality. Yeah. Whereas where our defenders were able to stop their best attackers from doing what they wanted to do. And our best attackers were able to, deadly in moments, to get the goals at the end of the day. And that is quite similar to what their man just said in his post match interview that it came down to individual player quality. And especially with we pretty much Premier League side, which is true, we can't argue it. And uh it's a, it's a team we are probably more equally balanced, which is very rare, very rare the case, let's face it. There's always going to be disparities in certain areas, but if it was a closely matched team, then it may well have been the one which came out with a win on this day, I think. Uh,
1: Dan Holdsworth, that I'm sure you're all aware of, he asked a question because he couldn't be on this pod tonight, so he wanted to know, were we overrun in the midfield? Now, I guess this is probably a bit of a follow-up to the question we've just asked about Blackburn's... Uh, Pressing approach, so what did you make of this one, Martin?
2: Yeah, I can see what Dan's uh, referring to, especially when we were on the ball Mm in their midfields that did definitely win the battle because the man-marking approach, they were keeping a close eye on all of our far midfielders and also anyone who dropped deeper to aid as well. So it really did limit the amount of time which the players had on the ball. And even when Perot was dropping deeper to help, there was someone who was on his tail as well. So they were doing quite a similar thing to what we do, I want to when we, we are in our man-marking. And, and it could really help them to get a hold of the midfield battle and stop us from being able to get the ball forward. Um, I think Camera especially struggled with this. And he, there were a couple of moments where he had to do his usual nice press resistance, but there were also quite a few other moments where he turned the ball over because of their yeah. pressure on him. So yeah, I, do, I would definitely agree with Dan saying that we were off running that aspect of midfield. Would you agree? Yeah, I'd I'd definitely agree. I think it it was almost
1: like they were. I don't know they, they probably weren't targeting Camera, but I think it was just his moments were more noticeable because you don't expect you like he, because he is so press resistant. You do notice when he loses the ball more. I would say so. Yeah, I think the the way that they pressed kind of obviously plays into the answer to this one. But I think I might actually follow. I was going to follow up with this, a question about Piro. Um, to another question but i think it actually fits in quite well here so we've kind of said before that pyro maybe struggles in games where we're sitting deeper and playing on the counterattack more and you said at your answer martin that when pyro was coming deeper he was they were probably with kind of stifling that as well so what what did you make of pyro in this game um because he was
2: i actually didn't think he had a bad game to be honest yeah. um at least when I, the bits that I watched live, obviously I wasn't able to watch the first half. I only watched like the final thirty minutes of the game live, um, but I obviously I watched it again in the rewatch. And there were a lot, a lot of times where he was stopped from dropping deep and helping with the build up. But in transitional moments, that is where he was better. Yeah, and. He was carrying the ball really well in transitional moments and getting past men in in it, what he was doing. It's not something which you often see him taking on players, but in this game, he had two take-ons and both of them were successful. Yeah. And he he also had the most progressive carries on the pitch for us. Yeah. so And that's when you've got players like Somerville and James and Ruter. He had, he had six progressive carries in this game. He was really good at getting the ball forward in those moments and to help us to generate, the county that we did have. And he also had the joint most shift passes as well with um just him and and uh, four each. So yeah, he, he did a lot of good things in this game, I felt. He didn't get very many opportunities to strike and there were a few times where he was in good positions to put the to ball to, but he wasn't picked out, which is a team that we've seen quite often this season. And I think it is something which Routier is particularly guilty of at times. Yeah. Obviously, I love him. <laughs> and we are going to talk about him a bit more. But he does seem to more often pass to Somerville when the options are relatively equal. Yeah. Than, than pass to Perot when he would be in a, in a better position to receive the ball. There was one particular moment, I think it was around 35, 40 minutes. I could be totally wrong on this, but it's just from what I remember. And he he was carrying the ball forward and Perot was like just ahead of him. And it would have taken a, 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 a tough pass to, to find him, but he, but he was open for it. And if he would have played it in forward, that would have led to a really dangerous opp- opportunity. But instead, the ball was played out wide to, to Somerville. Yeah. So the, these sort of moments is where we need to get more fluidity in making sure that we're finding Perot in these situations where he can be a danger. Because he is... It's hard to say it because we've got a lot of people who are finishing well at the moment, but I think you have to say he'd be probably our best Finisher in the squad, yeah. also considered with his goal tally in past few seasons. Um, I know we have other players who have scored more than him now. Um, I believe Somerville has just overtaken him with his goal in this game. I think I think we were both tied before this game. I think uh, Somerville has just overtaken him, and Dan James isn't far behind. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I I do think he he had a good game in this one. Um, It isn't normally the the case when we are more transitional that he shines, but he did do well in this. I think that part of his game has been getting better in these transitional moments. He has been looking more alive to them and knowing what to do and who to get the ball to quickly to get it forward and when he should also make a a carry forward at the same time. So yeah, I did really like him.
1: Yeah, maybe it was like he ended up in those situations that when we were breaking that he was the one with the ball because. Of the of the man-to-man approach he was then dropping deeper and he was the one that w- wasn't picked up as much if their their press was just slightly off so then he ended up in the what, the middle of the pitch with us breaking so yeah um, yeah I, th- I think when he was in the actually in transition I, w- I definitely agree with what you said and obviously the stats back it up that he he did impress me yesterday and i think when he had to hold up the ball as well um when we were trying to just break that way i think he he but he, he always does that well Piro, i think is one of his yeah. Better traits, but I think people will always point out when Pirro doesn't score. I think because it's like if we, it's always the you... case,
2: he, he's not even our quote unquote striker, yeah. Um, whatever you want to call it, yeah. He, he people will always say this about Pirro when he doesn't score, he had a bad game, yeah. But it's just not the case. It was it happened so often with Bamford. Um, when we were in the Premier League or whatever division we was in, he would have a great game doing his, his hold up player well, linking up player well, doing all the rest of it. But because he doesn't score, he's automatically had a bad game and yeah. is something which has carried over to Perrault and probably at the same time Rutter, but with regards to not doing it, those individual mopes or even though he got an assist in this game, there were still some players, who people who were having to go at Rutter for, for certain things. But, but we'll, we'll get into Rutter a bit more later because we've got a question on him. Um, but yeah, I would agree with that.
1: Yeah, it's one of those. It's like I think Piro and I I think Pirro probably even more so than Bamford like I don't think he does he doesn't do like flashy stuff does he and this is me this is like a proper dar breakdown of what (laughs) but (laughs) it's it's like he doesn't do anything that's like whereas like it's like exciting whereas like Somerville and Rutter Mm. does as well and even James does And I think that's why people liked Dan James so much when um, well still do now as well but because they they do stuff that you're like oh wow he's done that whereas uh, Pirro never does that unless he scores I would say. Yeah. And I think Bamford was always his pressing, but then it's like, well, he's just pressing. and what, do, do you sort of sh- yeah. score, Patrick? Come on. Uh, should we do the Rutter question now? Because we're kind of on the topic already, aren't we?
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we might as well. Yeah. Skip ahead a bit.
1: So, yeah, I'm obviously, it's not going to be hard for me to make you talk about Rutter, Martin, but we'll do it anyway. So I, f- I felt when I was watching this live that it was one of his poorer games. So I'd be interested to know what you made of his performance, having watched back.
2: Yeah, he has. This was definitely one of his weaker performances. Um, I don't mind admitting that when it it happens. Um, There were times, like I've already mentioned, about him picking the wrong pass, and he was doing a lot of good stiff stuff when it came to carrying the ball. I felt he was very good at that part, but he was trying to take on players more than what was needed at times, and we all love how good he is at taking on players, and he is very good at it. But in this game, he attempted 12 Oh, wow, okay. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I knew he'd take uh, under the t- t- tried a lot before I saw the stats behind it. But then when I looked at them, I was like, 12, 12, Jeremy, 12, <laughs> 12 Narnbreads. no, 12 take-ons, and he was only successful in quote marks, um, because the definition for a successful take-on is very tight. Yeah. And even if the opposition player gets a foot onto the ball, but they the one flip pass, which is quite often the case with Rute, Um but they can quite often... Get a foot on the ball, but he somehow still managed to get past him. like what happened with, with our opening goal. That is what happened in that. That would have gone down as a unsuccessful take-on because the right, okay. player got, got a foot on the ball. Is <laughs> I used to collect these stats for Opta, so I, I know there's a lot of hardness which goes into it. So he's only successful in one out of 12 according to Opta's definition of it. Right. But yeah, I would say that he did have a relatively poor game, but he still got, out, got away with, with an assist and a relatively good one. Yeah. He, well in that. One moment, there was a lot outside of that which he could have done better with. I felt, yeah,
1: no, I just, I've I've watched back today, and I, I did see it as I did live, which is often rare. I find that you, I think, we, mm. you see it exaggerated one way usually when you watch a game live then watch it back. Uh, but yeah, I think he he did struggle. That that twelve take on start is mad. I, I, like, yeah, it is. It's it's similar to the Same. you know when like they, they do a player stat. And there's like, oh, he, he loses the ball so many times, and then you're yeah. like, well, he he said, but he's with with creative players mainly, and they're losing the ball, trying to do something. And Rutter's messing up, messing up's probably a harsh word, but he's, he's trying to take on, so they're not coming off. And it's again, noticeable, especially when you do twelve. But yeah, yeah, I think it's probably just a a one-off criticism. But like, yeah, you do his decision making. I think was questionable sometimes yesterday. I think. Yeah, when to take on a player, which passes to play like you talked about when he played the one to Somerville rather than Pirro. Um, but he's still a young player, and like he'll have games like this. He's a and he's yeah definitely uh, he's still but he's still getting used to the team as well. So I think it's a one off. That mm-hmm. so, like we, we we know Rutter's a great player, but yeah, it was probably one of his weaker games yesterday. I would say.
2: Yeah, if I'll admit to it, then it's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take that with it. I, 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 might, I
1: might only get one of those this year. <laughs> Indeed. I keep, I keep watching that video back. I don't know if you've seen it at the at the end when him and Melia are doing the way, way, way to the away fans. Yeah, I've seen it. And yeah. then he walks off. Yeah. And then he's like, "Oh, I'll have another go." And he just—he's so excited. Just, he was so happy. Yeah,
2: he's just a fantastic character. Yeah. He really is. Even uh, in the after, he may not have felt that he's had a bad game, but after football players are generally quite critical of themselves, so he may have felt in some moments that he could have done better. But the fact that he's still got that motivation to get involved with the fans and and obviously the fans love him. Yeah, um, and will always get behind him. And I think that's good to see fans are especially in round because that's the most important part not the people who are mouthing off on Twitter Yeah, the fans absolutely love him the ones who go to matches regularly which is fantastic yeah
1: there's, a, there's that, another video as well of him doing that little look to the side when he comes out of the tunnel the away fans he just smiles to himself so <laughs> yeah and that's all I was doing on the train room yesterday I was watching Rutter videos it was great
2: <laughs> no that's a fair thing to do I find myself doing it quite often don't worry
1: let's go back to talk about the game then so um, this is well. The Blackburn game was the fourth game this season in which the opponents had a greater share of so um, Leeds' opponents had a greater share of possession, and we haven't lost any of the games in which we've had a um, lesser share of possession. So we've won three and drawn one. So just for context, uh, the win away at Leicester, we won one nil, had thirty five percent possession. Uh, we also won that XG one point four to zero point six. We also uh, won away at Ipswich four three. That was forty-two percent possession. We actually lost on XG that time, so it was one point six before, two point four against. Drew away at Hull, we had forty-three percent possession, and it was one point five XG four and one point three XG against. And then obviously we won at Blackburn yesterday, and the XG was uh, one to zero point seven, which surprised me. But I guess there was a long period of time when neither team really had a shot, so not that again. Maybe not that surprising when I think about it a bit more. But. Mm Do you think there's any conclusions we can draw from this, Martin, that we are good
2: when we don't have the ball? I think, first, I'd have to say it's a pretty small sample size yeah. to be able to draw anything major from it. But I do think that it just tells us something that we already know is that we are good in transition. And even when we're not able to have a foothold on the ball, we can still, at teams, it's, we don't just have the one string in our bow we can hurt teams in a number of different ways and in the games that mentioned there especially in the Ipswich game we had a lot of chances in transition in that game I think Ipswich did too because it was just a very chaotic game game. was that that (laughs) one it was and Ipswich were able to get the foot on the ball a bit more and I think that was a bit before we were testing good and before that we brought in the and marking approach, which we saw from the Leicester game. So it's a it's potential that we do see more joy had in these sort of games as we go forward, as we get better at implementing this management approach, because it's only something that we've been working on since the Leicester game. And when was that? About two months ago now? It
1: was the start of November,
2: I believe. Yeah. So, oh, so sooner than I saw. So not, yeah. not 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 even two months, just about 30, 40 days ago. So it's Going to take a long time to get really good at this man to man approach. It's something which we did every week on the Bielsa, and he trained through it all through pre season, and I was as good as we were. So, if we can continue doing that and for this man to man approach, even when teams do have games where they are testing the ball more, we will still be able to hurt them by winning the ball off them in dangerous areas and getting forward quickly. So, I think a good conclusion that you can draw from it, despite the, like I've already mentioned, low, simple size, which just four games out of 20. Was it one now? Yeah. I think Think so. Yeah. So it's only it's only like a quarter, just less than a quarter of the games that we've had so far. And I think we can just say that we are good at counterattacking, which we know already from all the rest of the games where we have had the dominant share of possession and still were most dangerous in condition. So, yeah, that's probably the main conclusion I draw from it.
1: Yeah. I think there's not much more I can add. I think it's useful when, because obviously Leicester and Ipswich are obviously the two but they are the top two teams in the league at the moment. Uh but Hull and Blackburn are fairly high up the table. So I think you'll see it more um they are all away as well, which you'd expect. But I think it might be something that we see on Tuesday against Sunderland again and uh that they're a team that might possess the ball more than us in the, if they're a home game. So yeah, like you say we've got it's good that we've got multiple ways we feel comfortable playing, I think is the way I'm going to phrase it, because, with, yeah, like you said, we've, we've transitioned in games, like every game this year, and it's when we've been the strongest, but if we're comfortable to sort of let the other team have the ball, and we can press them and try and win chances that way, or we can break on them from deeper, if that's what, what it ends up doing, I think it's just, it can only give us more opportunities to win games, Um, which I, th- I think could, like, teams, and this, this is from very limited watching of Leicester and Ipswich, but I think they probably don't have that that way that if they are they they have to possess the ball and try and make chances that way i don't think they're as comfortable doing it then um, on the break consistently
2: i think leicester is probably one you could say that about i mean they obviously do have players who can be dangerous in transition but i think most of the work that they'll do in training will be to do with possessing the ball um i think Ipswich probably are just as traditionally good as what we are they've got a number of players who can do that and they have had games where they have had less possession and been very impressive this, this season. Yeah. I would definitely agree on Leicester that uh, they are one who probably are more of a threat in possession than what they are out of it. Even though they will have the odd game where they do score good transition goals. Uh, we do still score a lot more of those type of goals than what they do.
1: Yeah. I think Southampton you can definitely throw in with like Leicester, can't you? That they would oh, yeah. they yeah. wouldn't like playing on the break, whereas yeah. I, like I say, it's from a limited Switch, so I might have just been compl- talking complete rubbish there. So thank you for correcting me. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash acast. That's burrow.com slash acast. Burrow.com slash acast.
1: Let's talk about the start of the second half then. So we've kind of, I've kind of mentioned this already in some of the questions, but Blackburn dominated possession from halftime until Leeds scored. Would you, would you say this was they had like a lot of chances or a lot of they dominators in this time or was it very similar to like the Borough game where they had the ball a lot and didn't really do anything with it? So what what did you make of that period of play?
2: Is the question there? I think it was quite similar in a lot of respects to what you mentioned there about about the Borough game. I would agree with that. And um, there was a lot more possession happening for Blackburn in the start of the second half, and I think it was for a number of things. Um, First of all, we weren't pressing as intensely as we were in the first half, I think. Um, we were still pressing in moments, but it wasn't as often as we were in the first half. So I think we were maybe conscious of saying that we oh, won't press unless we feel that there's a really good moment to do so. Yeah, and we'll just generally keep things more solid and try to hit them in counter-tracking moments. And then on the converse of that, it was also that Blackburn had got better at being able to play around That's when we were pressing. There were still some moments where we did win the ball, we weren't able to create anything from it. Like we've mentioned, we didn't have a shot for the first 28 minutes of the second half, which is quite a good chunk of it. Um, so yeah, I think Blackburn did better. We, we perhaps a little bit less. So I think it's a combination of those two things which led to that opening spell, and it was quite similar. They had a lot of possession and a lot of territory around our box, but they weren't able to make any good chances in that time. Uh, if I was have a brief look at the XG, the best chance I had was a 0.12 effort by James Hill. They had two, both from James Hill, both headed shots, one So they 0.11. So they're the biggest ones that they had in 28 minutes and still not good chances, especially not with headers because they are quite difficult to yeah. direct and improve the chance, Really, unless you've got someone who is very good. Heading the ball or they get lucky with the angle or whatever it is so yeah head, heading headed chances are quite low quality ones in which you've got someone who is very good at them and that isn't something that they've got i think smodix is probably average at heading the ball that's but he's more threatening when he's got the ball at his feet um so yeah they, they should really have done more in that time to score really they didn't take advantage of the, t- the possession that they had and I'm sure that their fans will be disappointed in that in time period that they could have done more and didn't. And then we managed to take probably our first chance of the half, the first decent chance. nonso had one shot before um, the got, so and Peru actually had a had a chance. So there were a couple of chances not long after nonso came on. Actually, I think after when Nantour came on, things were so we got a bit more impetus. Yeah, and I think that. I think speaking of nonso we don't actually have a question on nonso but yeah. he the game I felt he, he was good when he came on. He was very positive. You're making some good runs, going from right across the pitch, so sort of catching him out rather than going down the line. He was going, going in infield and going from one side of the pitch to the other and then linking it with Somerville, who obviously they're big friends and they want to play around each other a lot. So you quite often see that with Monzo. He'll start off on the right side and then somehow end up on the left with yeah, Somerville. Just, just <laughs> for, like, for a bit of a laugh. <laughs> yeah, but it just sort of throws that bit of chaos into the game and helps to destabilise the, the opposition. Which is always a good thing to have and I would like to see more of Nonzo, um, because I don't think we've seen him enough. And he has that built to destabilise the opposition as that's what phrase that Marcelo loved to make. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: yeah.
2: I I, I felt they, they should have done more in that time. Yeah. That's the question. <laughs> I was
1: um whilst you were talking, I think we were both looking through the same F E ref page from the, the stats you were pulling uh giving me. Uh <laughs> but they yeah. were yeah, they had five chances, 0.12 the highest one. I think they're all around 0.05 ish. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it was definitely. I would definitely say it felt like the Middlesbrough game where they they had the ball and didn't do anything with it. So I'm I'm wondering if just like that something will be become more and more happy to do if we get the more confidence we're getting our out of possession approach that we'll just back ourselves to with the quality we had, that when we get that one chance, if it's on the break, that we'll, we'll take it and they can have the ball and do nothing with it. That's fine. Rather than just trying to win the ball back and then maybe a chance comes from that, from our bad pressing. So, yeah. Yeah, Unlike, yeah I was really impressed with Nonto, actually, as well, when he came on. I think, with the, the way that the game was going and Leeds, not managing to break as much, I think, in the start of the second half and not having the settled possession, I think it was quite, it was a sub for Dan James, wasn't it? that he came up for I think
2: yes it was yeah. yeah
1: yeah and I think it was a really noticeable difference when you had like Somerville on one side and Nonto on the other side that could both do some sort of creative um, creative things whereas like I know Dan James is playing well and I'm, I am liking Dan James at the moment but he's uh he is still limited in what he can do really whereas Nonto just brought something different and it was he had a real impact which was was nice to see Um I think the thing with me and me, you, and Dan maybe on the I can't remember if it was a different pod actually, but maybe, I definitely remember talking to you about him, Martin that toe I felt like he hadn't had an impact when he'd come off the bench and um in this season really, so it was nice that we got to see that today um yeah and it'll be a player that we is important over Christmas with the rotation that we have so yeah if if he's if he's that take a bit of confidence from that game that'd be a good thing. Yeah. Um, let's talk about so we talked about Byram in the news, so I think we'll talk about him now as well. So yeah, Byron's potentially injured following the game and Spence came on at left-back for him. So what what did you make of Spence's performance at left-back, Martin? And based on what you've seen, how would you be happy if he ended
2: up having to play a few games there, over the next few games there? So he did well um, in the time that he was on the pitch. Um, he, was, he was on for, what, 20 minutes or so, I think. And he didn't look out of place there. And Obviously, it's not a position that he has played. He's pretty much always been a right back or a right wing back. So he's more often not played on the right side of the pitch. Also, there may be in a few instances back in history that he has played at left back, but it's not certainly not something which you often see from him. And he didn't look uncomfortable with the different positions and angles which he had with him being a right footer at left back. And he seemed to understand his role there. So, I would expect it might be something that they've worked on in training. We've been aware that we're a little bit light on options at left back, especially now that Junior Furpo has picked up that injury, that they may well have, have thought that this is a scenario that could happen that we can to Spence at left back. Especially because the dynamic of our full backs is that our left back is one that gets forward more. Yeah. And the right back is the one which sits a little bit deeper in it and inverts. So it does make sense uh, to use Spence in the one which is in further forward. Yeah, And I would guess that Fark doesn't want to upset that dynamic. And that could be the solution which he's looking at, maybe. And the, the, one, the one time which he didn't impress in this one was the run which he didn't get back. Uh, the transitional moment which has been bandied on about so much, so much on social media and Fark spoke about that as well in his um, press conference, I think, after the game. Um, But even Fark mentioned that he was happy with Spencer's contributions despite that one moment. Let's not forget, he's come back back off a a hefty injury. Yeah. So he maybe isn't wanting to push his body too far and uh, coming straight back in and making these high-intensity runs immediately on the first game back. Um, I think, yeah, he could maybe have got back a little bit faster. I think people are making a mountain out of a molehill about that one instance and don't want to say it, but would the same observation be made about someone who was white? It does quite often seem to be mentioned about our black players that it's either work ethic or lazy or all the usual things which black players have endured that time in, in football. And it does seem to be that is this instance. He has a certain running style of suspense, which can look lazy. I think Adam spoke about this before and I think the word Adam used was languid. Yeah. And it yeah. Ca- it can seem quite carefree and nonchalant. But that is just the way he moves. And it doesn't mean that he's not trying. And we definitely know that he can get back in transitional games. His debut, we all remember that, that team yeah. one which he made. We know he can do it. He's probably just been more careful with his body. And I think it's been made too much out of it. I think he had a good game in the 20 minutes that he was on the pitch. And there will be more than happy with him ties at left back. Either him or even Shackleton coming in on that side. He yeah. played. I think he played a couple of games at left back earlier in the season. Yeah, and I think he did. He did. He did reasonably well there as well. So i would be happy with either of those choices. Really. Yeah, I'd i forgotten about Shackleton at left back.
1: That was a thing, wasn't it, for a while? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um. Yeah. I was. I was impressed with Spence as well when he came on. I think he's I think his main the main trait people think of with Spence is like his ability to run up at the wing, like the power and speed he get. But he is very good yeah. on the ball, and he like got yes. a good cross, good shot on him. And if he is playing as the higher of the two full backs, then he can still use those traits. It's just you won't see the getting around the outside or like the runs sort of from the wing towards the goal to shoot. It'll be more coming back on and passing the ball in or putting a cross in. And you might, you might see him in a position where he can get a shot off that way as well. But it's it's not as obviously in his favor, but he's like, he still can contribute a lot in possession from, from left back. Um, and yeah, he'd also, what once he's got to speed, he'll be able to do those recovery runs as well. But yeah, I I wasn't too bothered about that point that he d- he didn't get back. Yeah. I don't I don't mind that at all when he's he's sprinted up to try and get on the end of a chance.
2: Yeah, exactly. Because if if it's he it didn't cost cost anything. If it had cost a goal, then maybe I could understand it a bit more. Yeah, but nothing really came of that one instance. Obviously, I know Fark will have spoken to him about it and he spoke to him on the pitch about it. He gave him the mother
1: um, of all debriefs on the pitch afterwards.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I can understand that because obviously Fark is a perfectionist. He wants the best from all his players at every moment. And I can understand that. And he's been high after the game and he wanted to get that point across straight away while it was fresh in his mind, I would imagine. Um, But I just hope that Spence doesn't take that too personally.
1: <laughs> yeah. It was very Guardiola, wasn't it? Like the sort of thing you see. It, it was, yeah. It was that's the only comparison I'm gonna make between Fark and Guardiola, by the way, and that is no,
2: <laughs> that is nothing against Fark, but nice little soundbite for and um, the blurb on the re- review notes. It will be uh, Tom Alderson says Fark is just like Guardiola. That's what yep. he's going to read.
1: We can clip that up and tweet it out. Yes, <laughs> I think we've talked about Leeds defending defending this game uh, quite a lot. I think the I'd kind of like to talk about the partnership of Stroud and Rodon because I think they
2: were incredible in this game, would you agree? Oh, absolutely. Um, they were both fantastic in this game. Um, everything you want the center back to be doing, both on and off the ball. Um, even though further further up the field, we were impacted by that press. I feel that those two handled it quite well, and it was just because the players who were receiving the ball, more pressure on them because of the nature of their press, and yeah. it was more a focus on the player being man-marked in midfield and anyone dropping deeper to help. So it, it did limit those players, but it didn't seem to affect um, Escal and Roden as much, and Escal, for one, had probably his best game on the ball for a while. He barely put put a foot wrong. I think he had 90, high nineties cents completion, I think. Let me just double-check. 96. So he made 75 passes and completed 72 of them. So he had a very good game on the ball, and he also had a good game off the ball as well. Um, That one particular tackle, which just um, sort would of have pumped a fist and and would up the crowd. I think that that one tackle, maybe even more than one. Yeah. that He did. I think, I, th- I think he did a couple of yeah. pont- Pontus fist pump worthy challenges. But yeah, he was he was very good, and so was Rodan. It was a, both of them were generally dominant in everything which they did, and really does help in these sort of games where you need to make sure you win your jewels, and that's what both of them did in the game. Um, put out recently uh, um, a graphic about our duel efficiency means how good our players are in individual duels and both Skal and Roden they don't often have to take part in duels, at least 1v1 dribbling duels, but when they do they are dominant in them so it, it does really help when you've got players who you can rely on in those sort of situations and I think Scal maybe had a couple of games where he wasn't at his total best I still don't yeah. think he was bad in either of those games. But people will always jump on Pask a lot quicker for his mistakes than they will on Roden, I would say. That's not saying against Roden. I love it. I love him just as much. But people do jump on Pask a lot. Yeah, maybe we overpraise Pask a bit more. But he's been with us for a while. We're attached yeah. to him. He's sexy. Leave it alone. Um, but yeah, they were very good. And also, just in general, about the defensive performance, I just want to highlight um, at Somerville. I thought this was one of his best defensive performances that, he did, that he'd done. He was very good in the press and one possession quite a lot of times and it could have led to goals on a couple of occasions. It was him who won the ball just when Georgie did the little linked pass cross shot, whatever thing <laughs> yeah. Georgie was thinking of in that moment. Um, his brain temporarily left his body when he made that decision. Yeah, just either just blast it at the goal or square it across to Dan James. Either of those two things would have worked and he just went for whatever that was. But yeah, it was it was Somerville who won the ball in that instance. And S- Somerville actually had the joint most nickels. In, the, in fact, no, it wasn't It may have actually been the most on the pitch for this game. Let's double check that. Um it's one or the other. Yeah, he had the most tackles um in this game. He had five tackles and he won four of those. So he's doing very well in the outside side. So I just wanted to kind like that a little bit because yeah. we so often go on about Somerville's intercession trades and how good he is at carrying and scoring goals. But this part of his game, the out-of-session stuff, it's come on so, so much. Um, obviously, he's played under a couple of coaches now who are quite pretty. Obviously, we had, first of all, Bielsa, who we, we love, and then followed up by Marsh, who we don't love as much. No. I, I, I can't imagine why. Um, but yeah, so he's been under a number of coaches now who have a press high on their priorities when it comes to their style of, of play. And Sark is also seeming to be one so turning into that sort of coach not something he's yeah, moving the, that uh, way recently. Yeah. Yeah, he's sort of putting more focus on the art professional side, which is good. I like yeah. I, I like this development. Um yeah, I just wanted to I like that a little bit. So apologies.
1: No, I apologize. No, I I did notice that as well, uh when I was watching that Somerville, he, he tracked back a lot more and was very good in his um defensive play. So yeah, I think that's completely fair and it's definitely worth highlighting. Um on strike and Rodon, yeah, they were very good, probably the best game as a partnership, and yeah, one of Strauss's best games for a while, I would say. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that tackle that he did, the I think the, the Pontus-esque one that you pointed out, maybe that will get more fans on side. That the, the more a fan of the players that will run over and do a slide tackle ones rather than just push them into less dangerous areas, which is less sexy, but. Um, yeah. Never thought to describe Pascal as less sexy, but anyway, um, <laughs> less less sexy, but also works when we're defending. Exactly, but yeah, the, um, they were good at retaining the ball when pressed well and like pat- playing the ball into areas that are sort of tried, to, so we could at least try and play out. Um, very good aerially. I think there was quite a few times where one of them made clears from maybe from a co- couple of corners and. I think I mentioned it in one of my other answers as well, but the backwards defending was really good. Like if the ball came over the top, they were clearing, clearing stuff up very well, and then like passing it back to Melier or playing it back into midfield for Leeds to have another attack. So it was, it was a sign of like how comfortable as a team Leeds are without the ball. I think that those two were, had, were highlighted um, of having good games because you, yeah, you can have you can have games where you're playing on the break and you're kind of holding on, but it just didn't feel like that. And I think Rodon and a were a big part of that.
2: Yeah, you can sometimes feel a little bit nervy when you're watching live, um, but this game wasn't at all. I felt like maybe obviously I didn't watch it as much live, because like I've already mentioned, I was at the wedding, but I, I, I did think that when we were, watched it back, I didn't feel nervous about the way it was going. say I already knew the results, so it's hard to feel nervous then. Yeah. <laughs> but So you see, you're see, probably best suited to say that, and you just did so. We'll definitely take that as read.
1: That's the end of the question of the running order, Martin. Are there any other players you want to point out?
2: Or... Um, points you want to talk about? Um, Melier. um, He didn't have a lot to do, um, but the moment when he was called upon, he was very good, especially with the chance, which I already mentioned earlier, the one which um, Anna Sigurdsson, I think about five minutes after we scored the second goal, that was a very well-directed header. And the Blackburn fans who I was listening to during the game said, oh, if that's a save that he should have been making. (laughs) I don't agree. I was uh, (laughs) like, I thought it was it was a good good save, and he put he added a lot more XG onto that chance than what there actually was, and that yeah. chance itself should have only been six XG, and it was turned into a zero point two. So he added a good point one one five onto it, which turned it more into a half chance. And I think there was a different provider, FotMob, who gave it even higher than that. I think it was point three six. Right. And so yeah, so it varies quite highly depending on the, your provider for XG, but yeah, he definitely improved the chance and made Melièr work for it. Obviously, it was over to the left-hand side, so Melièr was more over to the left-hand side a little bit as well. But he directed it over to the, to the far side, which which put an extra effort onto it for Melièr to save, and he did well. And he was also good on the ball as well. He was doing well at baiting them out and trying to find dif- different options. He was forced to go long a few times, but that was down to their good press. But he was. Getting it long when he needed to as well, not not trying to force the shorter pass, which is sometimes something he can be guilty of. But he was getting it long, and I think he I think he found Georgie uh, on a couple of long passes as well, which Georgie took down well. Give him credit for that one, even though he, overall he didn't have a great game. But yeah, he's the only one I can think of.
1: Yeah, I think um, I think that's worth pointing out that he had a good game. He was also do, doing that thing, uh, you know, where he like just holds onto the ball a little a second longer than you were. Comfortable with, or I would like, do faint in the pass, which was really yeah. annoying the people next to me who were sat next to. So, <laughs> um, that that made it even better. Yeah, so, but yeah, yeah, he did have a good game, so definitely worth pointing out. I think that brings us to the end of the Blackburn review. Then, so I don't need to hide in your bush this week, Martin, because I can do the Patreon push myself. Um, so I will do that now. So, throughout the season, we've been putting out bonus content on our Patreon platform. Patreon's a media platform which you can show support to creators who you enjoy, and in return you get some bonus content. On our Patreon we put out Patreon-only podcasts and analysis articles and videos, and our patrons also get all of our podcasts ad-free, plus early access to our preview pods. And then we use these funds to enable us to pay for opposition fan interviews, and yeah, I think it just really helps the quality of the preview pods, and the, just the quality of the podcast overall. Um, I interviewed a commentary fan today, so you'll get to hear that interview Thursday, Friday next week, and yeah, it would just it would just gives you they just give you information that you would never be able to get yourself without loads of research. It definitely helps the content, I think.
2: Yeah, I agree. It definitely does. It really does help us um, to get the Patreon up, so we can get get these opposition previews with an opposition fan for every one of them. Um, We can't afford to do it for all of them, but we try to get as many of them out as we can. And just generally about um, Patreon things, I've got another article which I'm working on. I don't want to say too much about it yet, um, but I've started working on it uh, Friday, and I'm hoping to have it out in the next week or so. I don't want to overpromise as to when it'll be, but it's coming soon. And the visual that I put out and mentioned earlier about the dual success um, is related to the article that I'm doing. So yeah, that's something to look forward to for our blood here, members.
1: Yeah, if you want to see that graphic, it's, um, Martin put it out on our X or Twitter account, whichever you prefer. But yeah, if that content sounds good to you, then where can they sign up, Martin?
2: Patreon.com forward slash A-S-A-W Patreon. Lovely stuff. And
1: we will try and have a Twitter space. Um, we've been bringing them back for recent games. We did not manage to have the numbers to do one on Saturday, but we will try and get one together for the Sunderland game on Tuesday night. But that is everything tonight. We'll be back. Well, Martin will be back straight away because he's going to do the Sunderland podcast straight after this. Um, So yeah, the preview for the Sunderland game will be out probably when you listen to this already. So um, yeah, go and check that out. But for now, I'll say thank you to Martin. Thank you Sue. Tom. No problem. And thank you everyone for listening and have a great week.
2: Bye.